Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, everyone. This is Penny. We're going to pick up on the second part of a little short series we're doing about forgiveness. Last time we spoke of what Matthew 18 talks about and how serious God takes whether or not we forgive others, that it's not a really a choice. It's something we are absolutely required to do. And his overarching idea seems to be that because he has so graciously forgiven us at such a cost, that he expects the same from us toward others. And it's not optional. It's not like, well, you know, this particular issue doesn't count. It's too ongoing. It's too overwhelming. It's too exasperating. So I can't really forgive on this, this one. So he makes it real clear in Matthew 18, what ends up happening when we don't. And I wanted to start off with a very familiar psalm to me because I've read it a lot in an attempt to try to remain pure-hearted. And that is a battle, let's face it, for me, just like for you. And there are things that come up that really challenge me and really challenge my attitudes. And so I, I, I try to go back here a lot because I want to be in that position that the Bible calls us to have a pure conscience toward God and man. But Psalm 32 says, How blessed is he whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is a person whose guilt the Lord doesn't take into account and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I love that. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality failed as with the dry heat of summer. Hmm. Have you ever felt like that? I have. Where you're just like, oh, I, I just feel so sick inside. I feel so heavy. And I just can't sing. There's no joy in my heart. My heart is just under the weight of something. But then he says, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my guilt. And I said, I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Certainly in a flood of great waters, they won't reach him. You are my hiding place. You keep me from trouble and you surround me with songs of deliverance. That's where I want to be. I want to be in that place where my sins are forgiven and I'm not walking around with deceit inside of me. Like I'm not fooling my own self or deceiving my own self by thinking I'm just good to go when I'm not. And, you know, as much as I believe in the incredible grace and loving kindness and favor and goodness of God, I also believe in repentance. And we've talked a few podcasts about that, even referencing that repentance when someone comes to Christ is vital. It's vital. I was just reading Luke um, this past week, and Jesus says in Luke, in the closing verses of that book, 
it says in verse 46, this is Jesus speaking, it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And then he says, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. It's so important that repentance for forgiveness of sins is proclaimed, not just that we can be forgiven and not just that we can have a new life in Christ and be born again, absolutely, 100%, but that repentance for sins is also proclaimed, and that includes when we come to Christ. So repentance is part of our life as a Christian. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide from or run from. It's just part of our lives. As long as we live on this earth, we're going to have to repent. And so it's important in some ways to be circumspect and to be self-examining, not in a paralyzing way where you just sit around and think about how bad you are or condemn yourself or feel like "Mm, you're hopeless. That's not what I mean at all. But I mean a willingness to look at sin in our lives and confess it. And unforgiveness is definitively one of those critical sins that we have to be on the lookout for. We have to be asking ourselves, do I have unforgiveness toward someone, toward anyone, toward groups of people even, maybe toward the Democrats or toward political leaders? I mean, yeah, we can be appraising We can have wisdom and say, man, what they're doing is is horrific. It's really wrong. It's evil. That doesn't mean we have to have bitterness in our hearts. And so I tell a joke that, you know, I've said this before. My family teases me about, oh, my gosh, you get such a kick out of your own jokes. But mm, they're not so sure how funny they are. But it's the story of a, a, a woman who took her little bird to the vet. And the bird had collapsed. And she thought, some way that bird could be saved. So she took it and the vet said, well, I don't know. Your bird seems to be dead to me. And she said, well, I need a second opinion. So he got his Labrador retriever. The dog checked out the bird, said, growled. "Mm, You know, nope, bird's dead. So then he got his cat because she still wasn't satisfied. And the cat gave a plaintive meow indicating that the bird was dead as well. So she finally surrendered to that diagnosis and said, all right, how much is my bill? He said, what's well, $1,000? And she said, what? Why would it be that much to tell me my bird's dead? And he said, well, it's $100 for my exam, but the lab report and CAT scan, they're $900, which I always found to be quite amusing. But to me, it's like a little story that the lab report and the CAT scan in my life are whether or not my spirit has life in it, whether or not I'm able to freely talk to God and to freely worship and freely, there's a song in my heart. And that's the lab report and the CAT scan that indicates to me that, okay, most likely my heart is right toward people, that there's not some encumbrance or hindrance of sin or unforgiveness in my heart. Because usually when there is, I it, it shows. And there's like, I said, like Psalm 32 says, a heaviness, like my, my vitality is drained away. And so it's good to keep tabs on those areas in our life and not to allow them to build up, but to deal with them, to repent, 
to turn from them because they're hindrances. They'll hurt us. They'll hurt others. Sometimes they'll hurt many others. So who then do I have to forgive? Anyone for whom you have not proactively released your anger, your resentment, your feelings of getting even, your judgmentalism, your disdain or contempt, your haughtiness or arrogance, if you have those toward anyone, then you need to proactively forgive them. We live in a fallen world with a great deal of imperfect people, including ourselves. Healing is not found in self-preservation or unforgiveness or payback. It won't make you better. It won't make things better. It'll just create what Psalm 32 talks about, a heaviness, a loss of vitality, a loss of peace. Okay, so anybody that we have those things toward, we have to proactively forget. Forgive. How about ourselves? Are you angry, disdaining, contemptuous toward yourself? That's a chronic opportunity for hurt, pain, and anger. Let me just say this. We're talking about self-assessing and self-evaluation. Conviction is from the heart of the Holy Spirit. Conviction, where we look at sins and we say, this is wrong. I I need to repent. I need to turn from this. Self-hatred and contempt is from Satan. Those are prideful thoughts. I should be better than I am. Why aren't I perfect? Why aren't I like so-and-so? Why don't I measure up? That's pride. Self-loathing must be rejected. It's also a form of unforgiveness. We have to come to the place where we are willing to live under the shadow of God's smile and believe that we're beloved and treat ourselves as such. I've said in the past, that's not some raw, raw, I'm the best thing ever fan club for yourself. It's just a, a choosing to believe that you are God's handiwork. He created you and you're going to allow his love to permeate within you and you're going to reject self-hatred and self-disdain. Humility is a modest, unphony estimation of ourselves. A genuine understanding of our value to God and our own inability in and of ourselves. Humility holds tightly to God and his provision and his promise. That's what humility in our personal lives toward ourselves look like. It's a modest, unphony estimation of ourselves. Not always like, oh, I, I'm just this, or I'm just not this, or I'm just a whatever. No, it's just that I thank you that I have God's love and favor of my life, and he's given me everything I need in life that pertains to life and godliness, and that's how I'm going to live. And I, yeah, I'm 100% dependent on him, and I don't have the goods on my own, but through him I do. So, steps to know how to move forward in forgiveness. I briefly shared this, but number one, name the person, name the offense or the injury, speak it out loud to the Lord. This is, this person did this to me. I'm not going to downplay it. They legitimately did this and it was really hurtful. It was wrong. It was miserable. It's destructive. Speak so you can hear then, I 
forgive so-and-so. I make a choice of my will to give forgiveness, just like you gave to me, God, to this individual. And I release them regarding that offense. I release any payback, any retribution. I release them and I speak your mercy and your blessing over that individual. I choose to let go and to release them. You may or may not have the same outcome that I had when I did that with my dad. God instituted a miraculous recovery in our relationship. But again, restoration and reconciliation or the renewal of a relationship are different than the type of forgiveness I'm talking about here. Some people, it's not wise or safe to allow them back in your life. They may be an abuser. They may be completely untrustworthy. And you need to have proper boundaries in those scenarios. Sometimes I feel like we use that as an excuse, perhaps, when that's not always the case. But yes, there will be people like that for sure. Um, so just be willing to take those steps. If it's yourself, speak forgiveness in regard to your own self and your own failure and your own sin and speak life and favor over your future. Sometimes, you know, this is a little even hard to communicate it because some people have unforgiveness toward God. That's never warranted. He's never done anything that would warrant that whatsoever. But in those cases, that's where you need a readjustment, a renewing of your mind to realize that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. There's no shifting shadow or turning with him. And that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that you might have life and life more abundantly. Sometimes when we have unforgiveness toward God, we just need to have a different perspective and see things through the lens of truth and the lens of the word, not through our own hurt and our own circumstance. Yes, people have legitimate tragedy in their life that is heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, so incredibly sad. But to blame God is, is not right. It's not true. So I have a little note in my Bible, and it, it says, God equals forgiveness, thus penny equals forgiveness. Because my heart is to look like him, to be like him more and more. I haven't arrived there, but that's my objective. That's my desire. So let me just pray with you and encourage you to pursue forgiveness in your life with everyone that there's any concern about, including yourself. Release yourself. Learn to see yourself the way God sees you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to spend together and to bring insight into our hearts and lives about people that perhaps we need to forgive. We don't want to be Matthew 18 people where we're turned over to tormentors because we refuse to let go of that unforgiveness that we've had. We don't want your hand to be heavy upon us and our vitality to drain away. Rather, we want to be surrounded with songs of deliverance. So I pray for everyone that's hearing this podcast that they would indeed forgive from their hearts. They would walk through the process. They would make the choice and that that would be lifted from them. Their CAT scan would be clear. Their lab report would be clear and their hearts would be light and free in the name of Jesus. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. 
For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.